0: You're listening to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tom Gazzola with you from TSN 1260, Edmonton Sports Leader. Hope you're enjoying your Wednesday. Hope you're self-isolating well. Hope you're social distancing diligently as we continue this pause in the National Hockey League. Well, yesterday was part one of our sit-down with Gene Principe, Sportsnet host, ringside reporter for all Oilers broadcasts. And uh, today we're going to bring you part two, but first we're going to do some updates in regard to what's going on around the National Hockey League. Certainly there's always going to be some tidbits of news coming out. And yesterday, the big one was that uh, we do have our first positive test for COVID-19 in the National Hockey League coming from a player we did a few days ago here that uh, one of the Vancouver Canucks staff members had also tested positive for COVID-19. So I guess this isn't really a surprise. You know, we're going to probably hear more and more of this as the days and weeks progress because this is a pretty rampant disease and virus and a lot of people are going to catch it. The most important thing is it's treated properly and that they get past it. So with that being said, the Senators did put out a statement last night and I'm going to read it to you. Uh, An Ottawa Senators player has tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. The player has had mild symptoms and is in isolation. The Ottawa Senators are in the process of notifying anyone who had known close contact with the athlete and are working with our team doctors and public health officials. As a result of this positive test, all members of the Ottawa Senators are requested to remain isolated to monitor their health and seek advice from our team medical staff. The health of our players, fans, and community remains our highest priority. We will continue to do everything we can to help ensure our players, staff, fans, and the greater community remain safe and healthy during this time of uncertainty due to the spread of the coronavirus. That comes from the Ottawa Senators last night as one of their players has tested positive for COVID-19. And then today on Twitter, we saw a report that uh, the Dallas Stars' Alexander Radulov had a test for COVID-19 and it has come back negative which is good. So there you go. The first positive test among players in the National Hockey League comes from the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Nobody has said who it is. uh, Outside of anything being tossed around on social media, that's probably just speculation. So we'll see uh, as things progress where this goes, obviously, in this uh, uncertain time. And other news to pass along in regard to the National Hockey League. Yesterday TSN on insider trading the boys talked about the players putting together a group chat and are putting together an idea in regard to how to go forward you know I'm I'm I feel good about this that the players are discussing it looking for solutions and throwing things out there and and you know sharing how they're comfortable with moving forward I think that's good that they're engaged. And uh, again, timelines slide and uh, they move back and forth. And, you know, it seems right now timelines are moving further back into the year, which is, you know, not very encouraging, obviously. But at least they're talking, trying to find solutions. They want to maximize revenue. Keep in mind, there is some motivation in that regard, as well as uh, the integrity of the game and finishing up the season. And so here's what they kind of proposed, a training camp that would start in early July, and then the 2019-2020 season would conclude in late July. And then the playoffs would go during August and September. And then in October, we would see a draft, we would see free agency, and then the 2020-21 season would commence in November. So interesting. And, you know, the the insiders, I think it was LeBron talked about this might've been Drager as well, that owners don't necessarily, especially in the States, like having games in October because uh, that's when other sports are, are, you know, baseball's concluding, uh, you know, other sports are going on. I think college football starts going. So, you know, October isn't necessarily great, especially for teams in the States and non-traditional hockey markets. And so maybe the November thing would be something that would appease and appeal to some owners in the National Hockey League. That was tossed out there as well. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but uh, interesting to note. So, you know, discussions continue and it's good to see that the players are involved and, you know, try to find solutions. I'm optimistic that this doesn't drag into the summer as much as it is being suggested it could. But uh, we obviously have to be realistic about this, and we have to follow what our medical experts and professionals are are telling us. So we'll see how this plays out. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into part two with Sportsnet's Gene Principe. Had a lot of fun with Gene. Today, we're going to hear more about the hockey side of things and shift towards that I'll ask you this. You've been through a lot. You've covered a lot over your years in this business. Uh, you've had some amazing experiences. Clearly you've gone through uh, the ups and downs of a hockey season and the rigors and all of that. But does this suspension and play remind you anything, if at all, of the lockouts in 2012 and 0405? If not, you know, how do you view this current situation?
1: Yeah, you know, it doesn't a a little bit because we don't have hockey. And then those times you reference, we didn't have hockey either. Um, But this one just seems so all-encompassing because we don't have, you know, we don't have baseball. We don't have basketball. um, We don't have, you know, other than, I guess, a UFC fight. Um, Which has been
0: canceled now the next
1: few. The next few have been canceled. They had the one in Brazil. And, I mean, even taking it down to a smaller level, right? How many of us know either have uh, nephews or nieces or the, the, the neighbor's kids that play minor hockey, they can't even play. Like this exactly. is, this is, I mean, that's the one thing I'll say, uh, Tom, during those lockouts, you know, it, it's sometimes unfair. We don't spend enough time on the local sports scene because we're so busy with covering the Oilers. Uh, but that's what those lockouts allowed us to do or those work stoppages. We could get uh, to some stories that we normally wouldn't get to, but now we, those stories aren't there anymore. So, you know, the basket's empty. We just, it's, there's truly sports-wise almost nothing going on. And so that's why it's so, it's so different. And it, it's kind of hard to, to wrap your, your head around it to think that something like this has happened. Uh, because when you, when you look around, if you look out your front window or you look out your condo sliding doors or, you know, everything seems normal or okay. Right. But it's but it's not, and I think in this world we live in today, I don't know if this coronavirus, pick a different name, had come, you know, along 15 years ago. And I know we've had H1N1. I, I remember when H1N1 came in, and uh, Ladislav Schmid, who you know, former oiler, former Flame, who had a yes. you know strong career. Uh, I remember jokingly interviewing him with like a boom pole, and then finding out later he had H1N1. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was not. It, it wasn't that it wasn't serious, but it wasn't. The world wasn't like this and so i don't know 15 years ago if we had this version of it whether we'd be as shut down uh, as we are but this is where we are this is 2020 and so this is where we're at and so we're just kind of all that's why i feel like yesterday i said to my wife i feel like i should be out there doing something but right. yet kind of people are saying no that's the wrong thing to be doing is to be going out and doing something. So it's, it's kind of a, 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 a mix of, of feelings. So it it feels a little bit like previous work stoppages um, when you briefly think about it, but then when you start to think about the bigger picture, it feels totally different.
0: Gene, the Oilers, as of right now, as we await, you know, potential resumption of the season, they're sitting second in the division. Pretty good four points up on Calgary, 11 games to go. To me, this season has been full of uh, inconsistencies, but the one thing that this Oilers team seems to do is rise up to the challenge when they face some adversity. And that's gotten them into second. That's gotten them, you know, with a small cushion. How would you describe and how do you view this Oilers team this year?
1: Well, I've, I've been thoroughly impressed. I mean, I guess, I, you know, I'll pick up, individuals and then collectively but first of all Leon Dreisaitl oh yeah my goodness you know uh, it was funny listening to the Winnipeg Jets Josh Morrissey during what turned out to be their last game before the pause and former Prince Albert Raiders teammates and he, you know he said yeah when he came over here we just heard he was the German Gretzky right <laughs> and uh, well he's he's been a little bit like the German slash Oilers Gretzky I mean the numbers that he was putting up were not circa 1980s, but certainly in the 1990s when we kind of last had that offensive explosion. Um, you know, incredible. Connor McDavid, you know, barring those, those games that he's, he's missed, uh, he is who he is. I mean, it, it's, he's an incredible talent. Um, but as you know, and other fans know, and hockey fans know, they had both those guys last year. Now, they weren't maybe quite at that level, uh, certainly in Leon's case. But we saw where it got them, and that was nowhere in the playoffs. So I just, you know, Ken Holland tinkered. Uh, It's it's, you know, it's like having this beautiful Ferrari engine, and you know, you think, well, you know, I got to do an overhaul. I got to fix this. I got to. Instead, the guy, you know, takes his time and he tinkers a bit and he touches this and he rubs this and he holds this and he bends this. And I mean, his tinkering worked. And then once you do the tinkering, you got to pass the car off to the driver, and the driver is Dave Tippett. And I just think Dave, you know, right from the start, uh, you know, Dave's one of those guys, Tom, as you know, we've covered, but always, you know, on the periphery, you yeah. saw him in Dallas yeah. a couple times a year, saw him in Arizona a couple times a year, well, a little bit more in Arizona, but you never really got a chance to, to know him uh, or to really know his coaching, to be honest with you, for me anyways. Um, but boy, he has role-played these players into this is what I needed to do this. I mean, I just think that he's really, um, clarified what he wants from each individual. And then at the same time, been able to explain to them what he wants from them as a team. And I mean, it's worked great. 83 points, um, mm-hmm. basically what 10 points, you know, I think 500 and they would be in the playoffs. Yep. Um, so that's, that's great. I, I thought, Right now, if the Oilers' season had ended and they had 83 points, I think I'm not saying people would have looked at it as a success, but as a step forward with the idea that then next year, next season would be really a, a push for the playoffs. But um, you know, the goaltending has worked out great. Who would have thought that these two guys would work so well together and literally maybe. have you know? No, not I either. I I thought that either. One would would truly take over, but do it for for long periods, meaning the season. Instead, they've done it in spurts, right? It was even, 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 no one more than two straight starts. And then one starts to take over. Then the other one comes back. It's been a great, great combination. You know, the blue line, despite missing Oscar Klothbaum for a number of games for a few weeks, and Adam Larson for even more, um, they've kind of banded together, just put together the pieces, whether it's Caleb Jones being called up, the emergence of Ethan Baer. Uh, you know, Matt Benning, when he plays, he plays well. Uh, he's not always playing, and he had a concussion or concussions to deal with. They've had a number of injuries to kind of handle on that blue line, uh, but they've done well. And the, the role players up front, you know, the Josh Archibalds, Zach Cassie, you know, when he's played, unfortunately he's missed, you know, nine games. Uh, Brian Nugent Hopkins, uh, Riley Shea. I mean, it it takes, you know, I think for a long time when the Oilers were doing those first overall picks, uh, I think everyone felt like they had good players, but they couldn't quite get a good team together. Mm -hmm. And now they have good players, great players, uh, in the instance uh, of, of two of them, for sure, uh, but they've got a really you know good team and and it's it's unfortunate for anyone in a playoff spot or pushing for one to wonder what might have happened depending on what occurs with the NHL season but I like their chances you know I really do especially with Leon and Connor on separate lines uh, through a playoff series, you know that's that could be truly damaging to to the opposing team with those guys let alone the special teams, which have been fantastic. So, I mean, there's so many positives with these Oilers right now. It's disheartening for them, like every other team. But I I really feel for the fans, too, who have patiently waited uh, for success and, you know, put their money where their mouth is and supported this team financially for a long time. And now here comes the payoff. And at least for now, there's no payoff. With the hopes, fingers crossed that that changes.
0: Yeah. Sportsnet's Gene Principe joining us right now. Gino, if, when this season does actually continue, how do you think the level of play will affect the players considering, you know, we're looking at the league put out a memo, what, 45 days before any mini training camps could occur to 60 days before we actually see games. What do you think the level of play will be like? Because at this time of year, it's supposed to be at its best, especially in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to step it back. I mean, I don't think we're going to be at, at training camp uh, or, let's say, preseason start of season level. But I think, you know, we're going to revert back to maybe December, January, maybe turn back the clock a few months. But I also don't think that that's going to last very long. Like, I think, mm-hmm. Tom, uh, because of where we're at, let's say we, we play just Couple of pre- or a couple of regular season games, let's say they, 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 they make sure that everyone's played the same amount, um, I, I think that because of the playoffs, mentally the players are just going to jump right in. And so I, th- I think the slowdown will only be there very temporarily. Uh, the other thing too is, you know, just like these guys don't let themselves um, turn into a flabble during the summer, <laughs> Uh, that's not going to happen. They've all got either their own gyms, they'll figure something out, they got bikes, they'll stay in great shape and so when they come back it'll just be, more, you know, more the hands, the timing, the things that they say when they come back uh, from an off season and so I think they'll be up and running and going fast and furious real quick And and that's what you know, fans want to see, but I think too, Tom fans would be pretty open and understanding if it's not quite the highest caliber of hockey for a little while anyways, uh, until everyone sort of sorted back to where they were prior to this pause.
0: I want to ask you over the years, what has been your most memorable game that you've covered Mm -hmm. or experienced that you've had in any sport or in hockey?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, covering the outdoor the first outdoor game here in 2013, um, I was lucky enough to to work the alumni game and work the benches and you know interviewing Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier and Glenn Anderson and Grant It was a fun game and so I just that was here we are in Commonwealth Stadium I grew up in this city and had been in Commonwealth Stadium numerous times for a little bit of soccer but mostly mostly football uh, over the decades and so I thought that was a real Incredible life experience followed up by the actual game between Edmonton and uh, and Montreal. I, I think the 06 Stanley Cup Final was was very unique. Uh, personally speaking, I was supposed to go to the World Cup, so there was some back and forth World Cup of soccer, and you know I wanted to do both, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, one was in Germany and one was in North America, and I think, as you remember, and Oiler fans will remember, and hockey fans, the Oilers weren't really expected to go as far as they as they did, right? So one round is Detroit, two round San Jose. Now we're in the third round. So I think just, you know, I, I'll always miss out the fact that I didn't go to the 06 World Cup of Soccer, which Italy won, which is, yes. you know, terribly devastating, you know. Uh, um, but I don't know, you know, growing up in Edmonton, and uh, obviously we had the uh, Arpaizan Fernando back then too, which was truly a connection, <laughs> right? I mean, who yes. wasn't? You know, here's a local kid, and to top it off, he's Italian, who is, you know, virtually going to win the life potentially here with what he did. Um, so there were so many connections sort of personally and professionally. Obviously, you know, the outcome was was crushing. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll remember Ryan Smith walking off the ice after game seven crying. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll remember the fans just when, when they won – you know, in game six to send it to game seven. Um, I'll remember the injury, you know, to Dwayne Rollison And I'll never forget, too, back then, as they do now in the playoffs, the coaches have their press conferences. Uh, you know, you would work the room. A couple of players would go to the press conference area, including the coach. And I was working the room. By the time I, I literally bumped into Craig McTavish after game one in Carolina, and he was kind of whisking by me. I go, how's Rolison? He goes, done for the playoffs. I'm like, What? Ooh. Like, I just was like, I was expecting him to say, you know, he hurt his knee day to day. I hadn't heard the news yet. And I was just like, what? He's done for the playoffs, you know? So it it just, it it was such a uh, dramatic series, I think, with the injuries and the rotating of goalies, uh, throwing what Fernando was doing. Eric Cole had come back from a broken neck. I mean, there was lots of drama to go along with just, playing hockey Um, so it's memorable for the right reasons and a little bit for the wrong reason just because they uh, because they lost but uh, it was an incredible series and so I really look forward to one day uh, covering another one of those and you know what Tom uh, I've met so many uh, you know I was talking earlier about best parts of the job meeting people yeah Uh, whether it's the guy taking the ticket whether it's you know when I worked in Toronto meeting Tiger Woods or covering Tiger Woods and you know, Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky and all the hockey greats that we just, we come across, right? Because we yeah. just, and, and, and we're in Edmonton, which uh, lends us also access that we might not normally have, but, you know, LaMaria LaMuse and Courtney Howes, you know, you know, whoever, uh, we've, we've had incredible access to them. So, you know, that's why it truly has become a career and a passion and an enjoyment. I never felt like it's a job and still don't. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting back to it soon. But so many, you know, March is 33 years of, of TV for me. So it's been a long time. Um, I hope I got another 7 to 12 to go. And, and, then, and then we'll see from there.
0: So there you have it, Gene Principe, the Prince of Puns, Paisan, uh, Uncle Gene, whatever you want to call him. I, I joked around, I call him TM Gene because he always takes videos at practices in the hallways and tries to get those little Extra tidbits onto the broadcast. Uh, One of the great guys in the game. I have a ton of respect for him. He has mentored me along the way. He was crucial in my development as a broadcaster. And uh, certainly thank him for hopping on the podcast. And without further ado, that brings us to this day in hockey history. March eighteenth, 1988. Craig McTavish scored his 100th career NHL goal. And Bill Ranford recorded his first win as an oiler stopping 24 shots in Edmonton's 4-1 win against the Winnipeg Jets. So there you go. That was a Stanley Cup season for the Oilers. Uh, 87-88 was the final year. Wayne Gretzky was a member of the Oilers. A memorable season. I remember Glenn Anderson saying that that 87-88 team was probably their best team of the dynasty because even though they weren't breaking individual records in the National Hockey League and it even though they weren't winning the President's Trophy and shooting out the lights, um, he said that that team had the experience and wherewithal that when it came down to it and it was crunch time, they knew how to win and they took care of business. And quite frankly, I think their postseason run that year, if I remember off the top of my head, was uh, pretty damn impressive. They only lost a few games and they went on beaten at Northlands Coliseum. So they won every home game during that 1988 run to the Stanley Cup, which, of course, was Wayne Gretzky's last as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Interesting tidbit there. And big fan of Craig McTavish, by the way, as he scored his 100th career NHL goal on this day in 1988. Hopefully, I could get Mac T on the podcast. I think he'd say yes. Uh, Have a good relationship with him. So, you know, as this pause continues in the National Hockey League, we'll get more and more guests. And great to have Gene Principe on Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a great day, and we'll be back tomorrow with more Locked On Oilers. Be sure to tell your smart device to tune in and listen to Locked On NHL. Myself, Joe DiBiase from Locked On Sabres uh, have got you every Friday as we step in for the national podcast uh, discussing the world of hockey to set you up for the weekend. Take care, everyone. Have a great day.